recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivial Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts, Jonathan. We just described Ric Flair as Neanderthal <laughs> Man and Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Chris. Yo, we going down to Sesame Street. <laughs> that's, that's your impression of hardcore rap? No. <laughs> Carmella. That would irritate the hell out of me. I'm like, I just want my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> my ice cream is melting. <laughs> ben. ben. Four halogens <laughs> in that list. It was, oh, my God. You were like, it's not the halogens. I'm like, no, Ben, no. Those damn halogens got me again. <laughs> and the rest of the Trivial Warfare Army for another week of fun and games. Now, here's your host. Jonathan Oaks. Welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name is Jonathan, and I am here today with Ben Young and John Finn. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, brother. It's funny he called you brother. I find that very interesting. (laughs) He'd call you bro. That's fine. I'd be bro. (laughs) I'm not the king of bros, but I'm a bro. Right? So, John, you're not a normal. No. You're abnormal. I am super abnormal. I've only been on once. Yes. So, John lives in Jacksonville, though. John's a longtime friend of ours. And so, when it was his turn to come on, it's like, hey, come in the studio as opposed to Skype. And that makes a lot more sense. You're, quote unquote, kind of a guest. So, I'm going to do introductions with you. But first, I want to say our other guests and say who's in here with us. So, today we're also joined by Matt Chestnut and Kate Hadley. Hello, my friends. Hey. Hey, guys. How's everybody? Oh, fantastic. So I want to get to know everybody a little bit better. Uh, John, they've already figured out where you're from, but we'll start with you. Where are you from? What do you do? And uh, tell people something interesting about yourself. Let's see. I'm an IT project manager for a financial institution local. Most interesting about me, or one of the things interesting about me, is I'm the oldest of nine kids. Whoa. Yeah, my wow. it's all one dad, three moms. My dad was a rabbit, so there's nine <laughs> of us. And I'm actually not sure that's all of us. That explains the feet. Yeah. That explains yeah. the feet. And the ears. I thought you were going to talk about all these uh, Spartan races you've been doing lately. Yeah. I, I Okay, so I have to admit, I'm not a runner. And while I enjoy working out and challenging myself, I, my Achilles heel is pull-ups. And so I decided to do Spartan races where pulling your upper body and running is a key aspect. But uh, I've loved it. I'm with a group of friends who they live for this. And I just finished my trifecta. That's fantastic. So for the record, John is the most physically fit person we've ever had in my house. <laughs> just <laughs> pointing that out. <laughs> All right, I don't Matt. know. Barkley might give, Aaron Barkley might give him a Oh, run. you know, Aaron is in really good shape, isn't she? Hmm. Male, male, sort of. Most physically fit male. Well, I'll take that. Okay. Yeah, give him that. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> I don't know why you said sort of, but okay. I'm very sensitive. All right. Uh, Matt, <laughs> your turn, my hey. friend. Remind, you've been on the show before. Remind everybody where you're from, what you do, and uh, share something interesting about yourself. I am from Titusville, Florida. So we have four Florida people here today. 
just south of Jacksonville, about an hour and a half on I-95. Um, I do economic development, and I am currently, until Wednesday, between jobs. I left my job with my current employer and will be working for Space Florida, Ooh. where I will be re- helping helping the state of Florida recruit aerospace and aviation companies to the state. So I'm excited about doing that. That sounds super that sounds cool. Amazing. I love the idea of can that. I, can I come work there? I'm not, a, I'm not an aerospace anything, but I just want to work there. <laughs> we get to watch rocket launches and talk about those things. So it's really cool to see the how they've gone from a public sector launching everybody to space and watching these private sector companies go in and launch stuff. Um, I think the coolest thing basically is you have Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos who used to make model rockets, and now they have enough money to uh-huh. do the big thing. Uh-huh. And they are just launching the life-size rockets That's now. Fantastic. So it's it's awesome to see. So, Matt. In the future with the space thing here, uh, if knowing you gets us inside anything to do cool things, let us know so that we can take advantage <laughs> of that because we'd love to come hang out and do some rocket-based stuff. It's just saying. Definitely do it. We need to do a space-based game, too. That would be awesome. Oh, for sure. Well. I think I yeah. know who's going to host it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kate, your turn. Tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and something interesting about yourself. Well, I'm from uh, right around Placerville, California, which is in Northern California near Sacramento. And uh, I am currently a recovering attorney. I'll be getting my 10-year chip on that for uh, next year. And uh, I work as a medical coder, which is uh, basically getting the diagnosis and putting it in the claim so that people actually get paid, which is awesome. Okay. And as far as interesting thing about me, I would say uh, I used to sing in a barbershop, uh, which was a lot of fun. You you kind of broke up as you said that. It sounded like ah. you said you used to sing in a barbershop, which... That, I sing I mean, in a barbershop chorus. Oh, a chorus. Barbershop style music. That yes. makes much more sense now. I thought you were like... You were the uh, the yeah, person. Yeah, I just randomly go to barbershops and start singing. <laughs> exactly. Like I didn't know that was a paying <laughs> position, but it sounds like fun. well welcome to the show it's great to have you here good to be here all right so guys i think it's time for warm it up chris that was a little bit flat that's gonna sound terrible uh all right so guys always retake no i like i like having flaws (laughs) (laughs) i have so few that when they come through i want people to hear them Mm, including all that bs you're talking right now right now it's time to warm it up a trivial warfare today And there's only one person who can warm it up For the TWA And that's Chris And sometimes Jonathan So I have a fantastic warm it up Chris question I'm going to read it You guys are going to take turns This is from Gary Middleton Okay, And Gary put a lot of work into this one Thanks Gary Absolutely uh, This is a game called Hat, City, or Animal Okay he wrote rules for us. Match each of the three given words to tell us if they are a type of hat, a city, town, or municipality, or an animal. Now, before I give the three words, I will tell you where the city is located, okay? Like country-wise. So I'll say the city in this group is in India, in the first one, right? And then I'll give you three words, and then you need to tell me which one's a hat, which one's a city and which one is an animal got it okay 
Okay. All right. We're going to take turns. Here we go. Let me make sure I read all the rules. You have to pick one from each category. You can't just say all three are hats. And diacritical marks will be removed from the spelling of cities or other answers. Okay. So here we go. Ben, we'll start with you. Great. The country of the city given is in India. Your words are Argali, Akubra, and Akola. Argali, A-R-G-A-L-I, mm-hmm. Akubra, A-K-U-B-R-A, and Akola, A-K-O-L-A. Which one's a hat? Which one's a city? Or which one's an animal? I think Argali is the city. Akubra, I think that's the animal, because that sounds like chupacabra. So I'm going to say Akubra is the animal, and that leaves a cola as the hat. Well, Ben, you missed them all. <laughs> the Agali is the animal. It is a mountain sheep. It's a wild sheep that roams the highlands of Central Asia. Okay. Akubra is a hat. It's an Australian brand of bush hat with a wide-brimmed style. And Akola is the city in India known as Cotton City. Hmm. Great job there. Awesome. You almost got one. Hey, I mean, that statistically, that's kind of great that I missed all three because it's, it's kind of hard. <laughs> it's very all consistent. Yeah, it is. All right, Matt, your turn. All right. The city in this group is going to be from Azerbaijan. Okay. All right. All right. Your three words are I am, Mouflon, and Bobek. I am is A Y A M. Mouflon is M-O-U-F-L-O-N, and Babek is B-A-B-E-K. Holy crap, these are hard. Uh, yeah. Um, I want to go Mouflon, the city, Babek, the animal, and the I am as the hat, only because I have no idea. I mean, seriously. But yeah, that's where I'm going to go. Babek, uh, I said Babek, the city, Mouflon, the animal and I am the hat. All right. Oddly enough, you switched your stuff at the end when you locked in with a final, <sighs> but you locked in with the final and made them all right instead of the <laughs> wrong one that you started with. So I am is a Korean traditional winter cap. That was the hat. Mouflon is another species of wild sheep, and that is the animal. And uh, Babek is the city in Azerbaijan. You lucked your way into uh, it. It might be the only ones I get right today, so boom, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kate. Uh, your city is in the country of Brazil, and your three words are Jackarai, Joppy, and Jacana. Jackarai is J-A-C-A-R-E-I. Joppy is J-A-A-P-I. And Jacana is J A C A N A. Hmm. I'm gonna say Joppy's the animal, Jacana is the hat, and Jackarai's the city. All right. Jackarai is the city. It is in San Paulo, in the state of San Paulo, Brazil, with a with a population of over two hundred thousand, and it's known as the capital of beer. Joppy is the hat. It is a mm. traditional conical shaped hat of Assam, India. 
And Jacana is the animal. It is a wading bird with long toes and long claws that let it walk on floating vegetation. Hmm. One out of three. Yay. Hey, it's better than Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Can't argue. (laughs) John, your city is going to be in Belgium. Your words are Chatelet, Chamois, and Casquette. Chatelet is C-H-A-T-E-L-E-T. Chamois is C-H-A-M-O-I-S. And Casquette is C-A-S-Q-U-E-T-T-E. Jeez. Chatelette has the city. Chamois is the hat. And the third one is the animal. I'm keeping the same order. All right. Uh, I'd like to point out that it's not a chamois, which might have been different. The chamois, the chamois is an animal. Uh, it's a type of goat antelope native to the mountains of Europe. The casquette is a hat. Uh, it's French for cap and cycling jargon. But the chatelet or chatelet is the city. It's in the Walloon municipality in the Belgium province of Hainaut. So got that going for it. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go one more time around. Ben, yep. Your city is in Spain. Dasi, Basella, and Baratina. Dasi is D A S S I E. Basella is B A S S E L L A, and Baratina is B E. I'm sorry, B A R R E T I N A. Hmm. All right, so I'm going to go exactly opposite of what I think it is. Oh, game theory. Yep. <laughs> so I'm actually going to say that Dossie is the city, Baratina is the hat, and Basella is the animal. And what would you have said if you went with what you did think? Um, I would have switched Basella and Baratina. Okay. Well, it's a good thing you didn't switch because Baratina is the hat. Nice. Uh, it's a floppy fabric pull-on hat worn with its top flopped down. Mm. Uh, it is is now used as a symbol of Catalan uh, identity. Basella is the city in mm-hmm. Catalonia, Spain, and Dossi is also called a hyrax, a small herbivore mammal which uh, resembles a rodent. Mm. You got okay. one there, Ben. Yeah. One out of five. One out, one out of six. Oh, that's not good. Uh, Matt, your city is in Uzbekistan. <laughs> your words are Gat, Topi, and Baxt. Gat is G-A-T, Topi is T-O-P-I, and Baxt is B-A-X-T. Um, I want to go Gat is the city, Topi is the hat, and Baxt is the animal. Gat is the hat. You should have gotten that. <laughs> Get in the hat. Because it rhymed. How about nope. that? Uh, it's a traditional Korean hat worn by men. Topi is an animal. It's a uh, highly social and fast antelope. And Baxt is a city in Uzbekistan. All right, Kate. Your yep. city is in New Zealand. Ooh. And the words are... Woily, Kufi, 
and Kuro. Woily is W-O-Y-L-I-E. Kufi is K-U-F-I. And Kuro is K-U-R-O-W. Okay. Uh, Woily is the city. Kufi is the hat. And Kuro is the animal. Okay. Kufi is the hat. Uh, it is a brimless, short, and rounded cap worn by men in uh, North Africa. Kuro is the city. It's a small town in New Zealand. And Woily is an animal. It's known as a bu- brush-tailed betong, a small and rare marsupial found in Australia. At least I'm consistent. Yeah, one right. of each. Last one up. John, your country of your city is... In Spain. Real quickly, can I request one of mine to be Kango? I know that one. <laughs> Negative. In Spain, your words are Zorilla, Zucchetto, and Zafra. Zorilla is like gorilla with a Z. Zucchetto is Z-U-C-C-H-E-T-T-O. And Zafra is Z-A-F-R-A. I'm going to call Zorilla the hat, Zucchetto the city, and Zafra the, the animal. Okay. I tried to give you a hint there. Zorilla is like gorilla because it is also an animal. Uh, it is a striped pole cat. Uh, Zucchetto is a hat. It's a skull cap worn by clerics in Roman Catholicism. And Zafra is a city in the southwestern uh, area of Spain near the Portuguese border. I thought you were trying to throw me off, and considering you're my partner today, I should learn some trust. Uh, after yeah. everybody struggled mightily with that, I was trying to make it as easy as possible. <laughs> <laughs> trust me, I'm like, oh my God, nobody's getting anything right. How do I make this easier? That sucked. <laughs> I feel warm. It was hard. I'm not going to lie. That was hard. I don't feel like anybody's warm at the moment. No, it's like it's 40 degrees outside. You turn on the air conditioner. What happened? (laughs) Well, I appreciate Gary's attempt. He was trying something new there. No, it was a fun question. It was just hard. It was hard. I'll give you that. All right, guys. So today's game, it is going to be John and Jonathan versus Kate and Matt. Ben is going to host. And it's time to play the game. Play us. Oh, yeah. Y'all know what time it is. This is Mr. Literature himself, cordially inviting you to the game. This is six rounds of trivia goodness. Three questions per round. Every right answer gets you 10 points. In the middle, we'll take a pause for the cause and ask a midpoint question worth up to 20 juicy points. After round six, you can wager any or all those points you've been building up and take a shot at the final round. It's a series of theme-based questions we call the gauntlet. It's just that easy, baby. But this game ain't gonna play itself, players. Let's get it on. All right, Ben. All right. So let's kick this off. So I'll let you guys know that your entire first round is brought to us from Kylie Diggs. And all of these questions are in the category food and love. Oh, my goodness. All right. Thank you, Kylie. Thanks, Kylie. 
Anthony T. Rossi, R-O-S-S-I, is credited with developing flash pasteurization, which led to the signature product of this beverage company, which was founded in Florida in 1947. All right, guys, we're locked in. Well, I don't know, Kate. I Being from Florida, one of the biggest ones in the food, and I think of flash pasteurization, maybe that goes into concentrated orange juice. And I have Tropicana, who is a big, big company down in Florida. Um, yeah, that was my first thought was Tropicana. Yeah. So I'm, I like that one. Yeah, I'm not thinking of anything else food-wise from the Florida standpoint other than the orange juice or a fruit juice. The only other thing I could think of was Gatorade because I know it's the Florida Ooh. Gators, but I don't think they got that in 1947. Yeah, I so. think that was the 60s, I think, was 60s, and that's basically just a water. I'm not sure you'd have to pasteurize the water yeah. in Gatorade, so I think I'd be okay with Tropicana if you would be. I'm definitely okay with Tropicana. All right, we're going to lock in with Tropicana. All right, so... John and I were struggling to kind of get our brains started a little bit. I think we were both stuck on milk stuff, and we were both stuck on um, pasteurization, right? Mm -hmm. But finally, it was like, okay, well, pay attention to the rest of the question. And we came around to Florida, and it's like, wait, Florida, orange juice, Tropicana. Uh, And we just stopped there and said Tropicana. All right. Yeah, we're looking for concentrated frozen orange juice. The answer is Tropicana. Yes. Nice. Right. We survived that question. We could have failed miserably there, John. I know. And man, Kate got it right away. I know. <laughs> well, we had time. That's true. Yeah. So the founder apparently was trying to, there was a huge demand for orange juice in New York, and he was trying to find a way to get it transported there before it spoiled. And then he invented basically refrigerated and eventually frozen concentrated orange juice. Ah, so what is flash pasteurization? We didn't know. I didn't research that fully, but I think it has something to do with like heating it to kill the bacteria and then like flash freezing it. I think it's got something to do with it. Oh, that. I didn't research. I thought it meant like heating it up super hot to make it pasteurize faster. I don't know. I, I didn't research it. All right. Somebody educate us in the thread, the spoiler thread that goes in the group. Somebody educate us. Yep. <laughs> All right. Your second question in this round, remember, we're still talking about food and love. All right. This must be love. The restaurant. Well, I love food, so it's all it's all Me love. too. The restaurant Spago opened in 1982, sparking the career of the celebrity chef who now has restaurants all over the world, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and a job as the official caterer of the Academy Awards Governor's Ball. Name him. All right. We're locked in. I just did a uh, trivia question on this, and I'm 99% sure it's Wolfgang Puck. Yeah, I wrote down two names, Tom Colicchio, which I think is too early for him, and Wolfgang Puck. So I'd be okay with Wolfgang Puck for sure. Okay. Let's lock in with Wolfgang Puck. I really want to eat at a Tom Colicchio restaurant someday. I really, really do. We went Wolfgang Puck, too. I just... I, I kind of zoned in on it really quickly. I think I've heard that somewhere, and so I didn't want to get away from it. John John wasn't sure if he was famous enough, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the right answer regardless of the rest of it. No, you knew it. Correct answer is Wolfgang Puck. Woo-hoo. Nice, Jonathan. Yes. So I have a Wolfgang Puck story. Oh. Um, so I went to did a work he, conference. Did he fart in your general direction? <laughs> no. Uh, um, so I had a conference in Vegas, and uh, all, of, all of my – I went with my coworkers and we all landed around the same time. It was super late at night. We're exhausted, but we're starving. So we check into the hotel. It was at the Venetian. We're all starving. He's like, what do you want? Okay, well, they have a steakhouse here. Let's just go to the steakhouse. And of course, as a work 
things. You're trying to stay on budget. Yeah, but you're like, but I'm expending the expense. We're, expense, we're expensing the meal, but you know, <laughs> but we just needed something. So we get to the steakhouse and we realize this is like a super fancy steakhouse where the steaks start at $70. Then I realized as we walked in, Wolfgang Puck's picture of his face is like, it's like a six foot tall picture of his face on the front of the restaurant. I'm like, yeah, we're going to pay a, a little bit. <laughs> this is his, his steakhouse in the Venetian. It's called the cut. It was amazing though. Amazing yeah. service. But yeah. yeah, there was some emails going to the boss. Like, Hey boss, I just want to let you know, it's going to be a few extra bucks. It's like just so you know, we were hungry. And the only thing that we could eat is something personally pre- prepared by Wolfgang Puck. Yeah. So that's all we had. Yeah. But, you know, I shared a steak with my boy, Mike, and it was $90. Wow! Yes. Wow! It was the best steak I ever had, though. <laughs> was it really? It was amazing. I've been to Emerald's restaurant in Orlando, and it was terrible. Really? Yep. They um, they closed those. Did they? I think they've closed most of them. Yeah, they had two of them, and uh, the one in uh, uh, City Walk closed. Yes, that was the and one. Then I the one at then the one at the uh, they had a hotel in the Universal Chop Chop that closed down too. The one in so City they, Walk, they were serving cold food the service wasn't good it was slow it was not the food didn't taste great it was very disappointing i think when they go corporate yeah. that happens i went to parla Deans in savannah and honestly i was not impressed my really? wife is a much better cook yeah mm. and you're Plug. not just saying that for brownie points i'm just hoping she's hearing oh <laughs> well, you gotta make sure you play it in the car <laughs> all right question three question three all right this cocktail a favorite of the ladies on sex in the city is made with vodka triple sec cranberry juice and fresh lime juice and garnished with a lemon slice yeah because i drink these and no oh you drink those yeah. not a, the you're a masculine kind of man right there. One, no the wonder he one. said maybe earlier when he talked about the best shape of male i'm the opposite of chris i'm the opposite of a teetotaler so oh really yeah it could be you're you're a totaler i'm a total you total <laughs> those bars i totally enjoy <laughs> fantastic all right we're locked in all right kate i believe it's a cosmopolitan yeah, that was my first thought too. Yep. I'm pretty sure it is. So I think I've asked this question in my trivia content in my trivia nights. So it's I'm pretty sure it's Cosmopolitan. Okay, good with lock that. Lock in, lock in Cosmopolitan. We also locked in Cosmopolitan because Great. apparently John drinks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Only on days that end in Y. Uh-huh. Got it. All right. So you're not drinking tomorrow. No. All right. What, so what's right, tomorrow? Tomorrow. It's That's always tomorrow. But he's drinking today. Yeah, he is drinking today. He <laughs> tomorrow, drank tomorrow he will drink today again. Well, I guess so. Don't be trying to unseat my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Unhand my jokes, peasant. <laughs> Correct answer is cosmopolitan. Oh, well, hey. Uh, we started off kind of rough with uh, figuring out the first answer, but we're 30 to 30 after the first round. I'm aware. That's pretty right. good against them. They're good. All right, both teams pitching a perfect game. So shut far. up, Ben. Got oh <laughs> <laughs> to throw that in there. All right, your second round category uh, begins with sports. 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 The NFL has the Vince Lombardi Trophy for its Super Bowl champion. What's the name of the Canadian Football League's trophy, which is also the name of the championship game? I think it's that. That sounds familiar, and honestly, sports is my Achilles heel. I'll go with you. All right, we'll lock in. Matt, I'm pretty sure it's the Grey Cup. You are 100% sure. That's what it is. She didn't sound 100% sure. You should double check. Well, she should be. That was a 75% sure. That's. Right. No, I'm pretty. I'll. I'll do the other 25% that it's Grey Cup. So He's we'll lock in with. We'll lock in with Grey Cup. It sounded like they were locking in with Grey Cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so I was freaking out for about five seconds as he was reading the question. I was like, oh, my God, what's the name of the trophy in Canada? What's the name of the trophy in Canada? And then he stopped reading. I was like, oh, it's the Great Cup. Uh, so I locked in Great Cup. Correct answer is Great Cup. All right. Good job, Jonathan. That was all you. Woohoo. All right. Your second question of the round is in geography. Oh, yeah. you weren't ready for that yeah it wasn't ready at all (laughs) not at all all right what u.s city is the only one east of the rockies that sits below sea level east of the rockies u.s that says is it the whole city the whole city that's what i think too yeah it's the only one i can think of lock it Let, let me clarify that before you lock in when you list the city and its elevation, it, its elevation sits below sea level in, the, in any list that you look at. Okay. Uh, so I want to clarify that when you said the whole city, that's what Okay. I mean. All right. We're going to stay with our answer. All right. Uh, we're locked in. Okay. The only one I could – New Orleans is, I think, famous for being below sea level. So unless you have something different. I was totally thinking west of the Rockies. So. Oh. Yeah, um, I'm good with New Orleans. That makes <laughs> okay. sense to me. Might try listening to the question. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll lock in with New Orleans. John looked at me, and I looked at him, and we had a deep, longing gaze together. <laughs> and then he said to me, "New," and I said, "Orleans." <laughs> so we said New Orleans. Yep, it's that great Cajun bathtub. It is New Orleans. They put some Tony Cacheres on you when you go in there. Cats Cacheres. Whatever. <laughs> Good yeah, grief. They call it a bathtub because it sits between Lake Pontchartrain and the Mississippi River. And it's actually below both of those. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, that seems like a really smart place to build a city. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I blame the French. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They, can, they can handle it. Your last question around also comes to us from Kylie Diggs. Wow. Y'all can tell I really dig her questions. Oh, oh God. Oh. <laughs> Categories. <laughs> I'll take the groans. That's fine. I'll take groans over crickets. All right. Category. I appreciated it, Ben. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. She just seems it. like a nice person, though. That's cool. She's only doing it because she wants you to feel good about yourself. We don't care. That's all right. <laughs> Faint, feigned praise is still praise. <laughs> All right, your category is movies. This tenacious actor is now cashing mad checks for voice acting in a famous animation franchise, but he got his start in movies with a bit part in the 1992 political satire Bob Roberts. Name him. So you feel good about it? All right, we're locked in. Kate, when you said tenacious in a famous film franchise, I think Jack Black, Kung Fu Panda, um, because Tenacious D, Jack Black, unless you have something different. No, that totally makes sense. I I was thinking with Tenacious that Tenacious D, I just was blanking on the franchise. But yeah, Kung Fu Panda, Jack Black, I'm good. All right, we're going to lock in with Jack Black. All right. Wonder Boy, (laughs) what is the secret of your power? We said Jack Black. Correct answer is Jack Black. All right. Yeah, that was a major hint. Thank you, Kylie. (laughs) <laughs> so he played as a supporting actor in, a, in a, a movie called High Fidelity, which is one of my favorites. I thought he was a star of High Fidelity. No, it was John Cusack. He was oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But he uh, he was 
one of the he was one of the people that worked in John Cusack's record store. And towards the end of the movie, he does a cover of Let's Get It On that was just it was really cool to see somebody do it in a completely different style. It was really it was really cool. I thought he was fantastic in Jumanji. I haven't seen the it. recent Jumanji movie is a really funny, really good, and B Jack Black was amazing. We well, got three hams for leading. The it movie, was so. so good. Okay, good. Uh, and the the out. the female uh, lead, she's uh, she plays Nebula in the Infinity War and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, okay, but you can't tell because she looks totally different. Right, uh, being that she's not all covered in blue and purple paint. Yep, Jillian. Yeah, she was my first got to know her as a Doctor Who companion, and she was fabulous. Hmm, okay, awesome. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that's that's good trivia right there. She's the mother of my favorite companion, arguably companion. That's was Doctor Who's wife, River Pond. She's the or uh, River <laughs> River Pond. No, her name is Amanda or uh, Amelia Pond, but it didn't translate, so it turned into her name as River. And and. Karen Gillian is the mom? Yes, she is. Well, She's kind of travel. Young. Time travel. Oh. I'm like, geez, this is this is going to be hard to buy. How old is River? Like three? No, she's a fabulous actress, too. All right. All right. Let's end it around. Doctor Who confuses me. At the end of the second round, it is 60 to 60. Still a tie game, and they are they are perfect. <laughs> They haven't missed anything yet. They haven't even struggled yet. They haven't even had to have like a conversation yet. Yeah. Have you noticed that they sound very smart, but I believe Matt has some type of satellites, you know, at your piece of paper. I think he's looking at our answers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work there yet. Maybe next time you can call me on that one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Your third round comes to us. The first question in the round is symbols. Like um, with a C or with an S? With an S. These, okay. are, these aren't Zildjian symbols. All right. What symbol was created by Gary Anderson in 1970, which was the winning submission of an Earth Day contest and has been in the public domain ever since? I'm thinking about that. Oh. Do you remember that? Mm, yes, I do now. <laughs> Is that that time frame? Uh, that, I mean, that's about, about, okay. about then, I think. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying it's right. If there's right. one thing I've learned in three years of listening to this show is your instincts are usually spot on. <laughs> that's that's unfortunate because then I'm going to be wrong. After what you just said, I, I like it much better. All right. We're going to go ahead and go with it then. Okay. We're locked in. Matt, I don't know where this is coming from, but for some reason I'm thinking the have a nice day smiley face. Hmm. The peace symbol was before that. Yeah, it was earlier. The only thing I could think of was the um, crying Native American as a symbol. Um, that I think that was the seventies. You remember the commercials? Yeah, that was with commercial. the Native American with the tear, which would be a symbol, I think, unless they're going for just a straight symbol. But I like your "Have a nice day." I mean, I, that- I don't have a lot of thunder about yeah. that. That just kind of randomly came to my brain. I can't I like, think of anything else. I'm at, I'm okay going with that. Like I said, I, I short of any the only other symbol I could think of was a peace symbol, and that was earlier. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I know a lot of background on that one, but the yeah 1970. I think have a nice day. I, I that's a pretty good. That's a pretty solid guess anyway. So I'm I'm big with that. Okay, the uh, smiley face for have a nice day locked in. All right. So 
we wrote down two things. I, I started with a peace symbol, and I also wrote a smiley face. And uh, I, John and I, John kind of pointed at the peace symbol, and I'm like, yeah, but 1969 was Woodstock, and they had the peace symbol then at least. So it wouldn't be that. And we didn't have anything better than smiley face. No, it's the same conversation. It's the same conversation. <laughs> time. The only I thing that I, the the only thing that was different is I pointed out the scene in Forrest Gump where he's mm-hmm. running and they do the bit about the smiley face. Uh, and I don't remember the year, and I don't think they would have tried to be accurate, but it did bring that to mind. So. No, and that was kind of the beginning of the running craze. Everything it made more sense when you said it that way. Yeah. So we said smiley face. All right. So. Um, Everybody here has seen this symbol. It is actually three green arrows that chase each other. Oh, the recycle. Uh, recycle symbol. Earth Day. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I didn't think out about how it. Smiley face worked with Earth Day. It's obvious once you know it. Nope. Wah, wah, wah. Good job. Well, I don't feel badly. They were in the same track, so I, it's fine. All right. So, your second question in the round comes to us from Brooke Mulliken. Thanks, Brooke. Oh, your BFF? Thanks, Brooke. My BFF, Brooke Mulliken. Now, is that your BFF or is that dude in the red shirt from last nope. night? After last night, Brooke Mulliken is definitely still my BFF. She's really? Because you loved that dude for about 20 minutes. She, he was number one for a while. He was and hilarious. Then he kept chanting Jeet and then he fell Jeet. back down to number Jeet. two. Jeet. Yeah, I hated that crap. Oh, my God. <laughs> we went to an NXT wrestling thing last night. And I, I, I got to tell you, so local wrestling, it's, it's, it's high quality talent. But it's in your face. It's really close action. And we're sitting in the front row. And something about local events, the the really goofy people have the chance to shout out whatever they want. And so we were just laughing our heads off at the silliest things that people were saying. It was so much fun. What is Jeet? Or Jeet, Jeet, Jeet? There was a, there was a couple of uh, Indian wrestlers who were in the curtain jerking match. And one of them... Had, Did you had say his curtain name? Jerkin? Yeah. The curtain jerker. It's a technical term. Okay. Yeah. Just it's a checking. Term. Uh, and uh, one of them had his name on his tights. It said Jeet. And so we just picked him up as our favorite guy. And so throughout the rest of the night, Ben's getting pissed off because people are cheering for the matches going on. And there's like 20 people who are like, Jeet! Jeet! Yeah, he's not in the match. I'm like, he already wrestled. Why, why are you chanting Jeet? There are two different wrestlers out now. So great. Was, yeah. He's calling up Vince. He's calling up Vince McMahon, saying, "Saying I'm over in Jacksonville. I'm over in Jacksonville." All right. So here is Brooke Mulliken's question. Oh, the category, by the way, is anime. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. You got anything on anime? Yeah, a little bit. It's it's like James Bond for you, but I got this. All right. Cool. All right. Dragon Ball Z is a beloved anime with multiple seasons to multiple series and iterations since the late '80s. In total. How many Dragon Balls must an adventurer collect to have found them all? Holy crap, John, like with confidence. He he actually drew a thundercloud <laughs> and then put the number in the middle of it. And so we're locked in. The only thing I wish is I had a little Thor hammer here that I could just, with a little button on it, it goes. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Okay. We need that for the show. We, we need, need to buy that now. For four shows, I've thought of that when I hear you guys. Is I'll there thunder? What, and I'm like, I If you decide thunder. to go to wrestling rather than giving us $20, just you know, bequeath the hammer to us. A little Mjolnir? Mo- is that what it is? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah, yep. Mjolnir. That sounds amazing. All right, we're locked in. I think there's going to be some separation in the game now. Yeah, that's... Because uh, I got no clue. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, I thought... I, I know nothing about anime at all. I know what Dragon Ball Z is. I see the kids running around with the shirts on. 
Um, even my kids don't even watch it, I guess. So that's why I wouldn't know. I maybe what, what? How many are there? Is there one big one they're going for? I that's have, the only thing. Maybe there's just one. I know the I name of the show, and that's it. Dragon Ball Z. So that's only one ball. You know, by the name of it, are they all looking for the same one? I don't know. That, in Canada, they call it Dragon Ball Z. Z, yeah. <laughs> I just I, things I wonder. I just if you to use some law, I mean that's all I can think of is there's one. Everybody's going for the one Dragon Ball Z, but that's because I don't know anything about it. It works for me. Logic, I, okay, just a logic no something clue. out of it. Uh, we'll go. We'll lock in with one. Right. You know, Z is a twenty sixth letter. Just a thought there. <laughs> Could be the twenty sixth Dragon Ball. But that's not what John wrote down. No, I'll be honest. I went back and because I kept thinking of character names, I wanted to give them all. And then when he said the Dragon Balls, I, I blinked for a second. I knew it was six or seven. We went with seven. Oh, please be right. You had thunder. I know. Now, <laughs> now he's second guessing himself. All right. The correct answer is seven. All right. Nice. <laughs> I'll be honest. My wife beats me at Jeopardy every single night, except when it's Teen Week. So. <laughs> yeah. <just> so you know. <laughs> So That's good because I'm terrible at young people stuff. So is she because she's uh, an adult. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say an old <laughs> woman, but no. you were smarter. You were smarter than that. No. He wants to be able to live oh. when he goes home. That's right. Absolutely, yep. I robbed the cradle there. And now we know why Jonathan's single. <laughs> All right. So many more reasons than that. Well, you know, I was going to say reason number seventy-six. <laughs> you should have said reason number seven. <laughs> reason number seven. There you go. It's Dragon Balls. All right. So. <laughs> We're getting- oh, 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 never mind. All right, so this is the last question for the midpoint, and Ben's hosting. So that means your category is, I was told there would be no math. All right. In math notation, case matters. For example, sigma represents standard deviation in its lower form and sequential addition in its capital form. What Greek letter is often used in geometry in its lower form and sequential multiplication in its capital form? Not good at math. This is <laughs> killing me. Uh, we just named like probably 15 or 16 Greek letters. And I have an idea of what the multiplication one, how it would be done. But we're having a hard time connecting all the clues to come up with a final answer. And that's why it's such a struggle. But we can't just take all day doing this, so we got to answer something. Let's go with that one. All right, we're locked in. I hope you know. <laughs> I I can recite the Greek alphabet, so I do know all the letters of the Greek alphabet. But as for what they are, I don't, as for what in the math notations, no idea. I mean, you get past basic algebra, and I was pretty much done. Not that, not that I don't like it. It's just that's my track. I didn't have to do a bunch more math when I was in college. So the only thing I could think of was I, I think in my in your when I see equations, I see n, which is new, or m, m, mu, which is mu mu, and the small m. I think I see those. I see delta, but that's a change. Delta always means change. You could use chi because it's the x. That means times in some things, so I don't know if it's that, you know, that's kind of a basic one. It's like, well, would they use the X in there? Does that mean, I mean, it could be an X, but that's usually a variable they use as well, so I don't know. Um, and in geometry, it's uh, an axis. Axis, X, Y axis, yeah. 
that's better than anything I can come up with. Well, which, uh, like I said, my my first thoughts were the the M, the N, Mu, Nu, or the Kai is the X. So, I like Kai. Kai. All right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're gonna go with Kai, locked in. All right. So, John and I went through a lot of the letters, and and at the end of the day, I think the sequential multiplication. I think he's talking about something called factorial. Where like you write down like six factorial with a symbol, and that means like six times five times four times three times two times one. I think that's a thing, and there's a symbol for that, and we couldn't remember what it was, which is just freaking frustrating. And then in geometry, uh, we, I mean, geometry made us think of pi immediately, um, but we couldn't think of a capital pi. And it also made us think of like R, like row for radius and something else like that. But we couldn't think of anything else. So I think possibly, and John John kind of zoned in on five letters, and one of them was E. And I was wondering if the E could be the factorial, and so that'd be epsilon. And I couldn't get anywhere with it on a geometry, and that's why we struggled so much. But we ended up saying epsilon. All right. So the factorial symbol is the exclamation point. That's what well, Fudge, fudge. That, so it's not geometry or multiplication. <laughs> we missed both clues with our answer. So, but fact, your factorials is a form of sequential multiplication. In lowercase, this symbol is used to represent the ratio between diameter and circumference. Ah, and in yeah. uppercase, it, it is known for sequential mathematics, and that is pi. Ah. Ah. If we just stuck on the geometry part of it, it's the most obvious geometry one. Plus, I love pie. I'm oh. surprised. I was just about to say, you love pie so much. I'm Come on. <laughs> Don't make fat jokes. I said you love pie. He just said he loved pie. He's clearly not pie. fat. It's better than cake. It depends on the pie and it depends on the cake. There's a certain type of pie I like above anything else. Me too. So. Free. <laughs> I think that's how he likes his pie too. Yeah, that type of pie is best. I yes, wouldn't indeed. mind. We could combine the two. I want Publix to make a buttercream pie because it's the buttercream frosting I like on the cake. Give me a pie with buttercream frosting on it, and I'm like set for life. I'll never leave the house. I don't need sex. I don't need women. I don't need anything else. Just give me buttercream <laughs> frosting on. Pie, yeah, I think and I'll be fat agree. and happy. I think you're by yourself I, on that one, bro. I'll be fat and happy until I die. <laughs> but you're right. The local uh, supermarket chain, Publix, it's a place I love. That's my favorite cake. That's where my wedding cake it's came okay. from. That's where. Oh my god! It's I good. say I say all that because if I have buttercream frosting on a pie, I will never lose any weight, and I will never date again. It'll be over. <laughs> I don't know. You might be. Well, like, you can, and you at Publix, you can buy the buttercream frosting just on its own. Shut up! Don't tell him. Shut up, up Matt. So, just go right to the cake aisle. It's right in the fridge. Oh my right God, the I can buttercream my own pie. So you just eat the buttercream. You don't need the pie. <laughs> no, up. the pie would make it better. <laughs> <laughs> so we both missed that question. End of the third round. Tiny bit of separation. John and Jonathan have 70. Kate and Matt have 60. So for me, a point today. That's not a new category here. Uh-oh. Category Uh-oh. is... Uh-oh. It, this, is, this is an adaptation, I should say. Your category is... It's time to murder some hits. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So here's what we're going to do. Now, this is the one-hit wonder version. So I'm going to give you four one-hit wonders, so the artists or bands, and I'm going to give you the year that the song was released. 
and you have to sing your answers, okay? So for every correct answer you give me is going to be five points, and there are no penalties for bad singing, okay? But we cannot get any points if we don't sing? You have to sing the answers in some way, shape, or form. All right. Are you ready? Time to warm it up. (laughs) Trivial warfare today. That is that's not it is a wonder, but it's a one hit wonder. It's a it's a one hit, but you know, whatever. Please be run DMC. Okay. Uh, No. 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 I can't sing. I can barely rap. Well, they have they're way more than one hit wonders. We need to get John to rap. I'm just saying. That would be amazing. (laughs) All right. So here's your first band. These are in chronological order. Your first band is the Starland Vocal Band, and the year is 1976. Second one, your second band is The Knack. Year is 1979. Your third band is Musical Youth. Your year is 1982. And your last artist is Johnny Kemp. Year is 1988. Good luck. Um, I don't consider any of these obscure. All of these um, are well-known songs, in my opinion. Your opinion. How much do we have to sing? Enough for me to recognize the song. It can be be two, three words. Matt, I think I know three of them. Like I got two. So I take it we have to lock in the songs and then... Sing, sing them later. Yeah. All right, we're locked in. All right. I think the two that I think I know, I know the knack is my Sharona. Yep. Uh, the Starland vocal band is that Afternoon Delight. Yep. Yep. Okay, so I know those. What was the other one you had? Uh, Johnny Kemp. I'm pretty sure has just got paid. Just got paid. I don't think I've heard, probably heard it. I just don't know it. So you're gonna have to sing that one. Okay, no problem. Yeah, uh, musical youth. I I've heard of it, but got I got no clue. Think, yeah, I I know I've seen the name, but I don't. I truly don't know any song. I mean, I'm sure if, once I hear it, I'll know it. But um, I I can do those first two if you want me to, since you know the the Johnny Kemp one. Uh, number Whatever's one, more comfortable. For yeah, you. number one, we're gonna lock in with the Starland vocal band was Sky Rockets at Night. Afternoon delight. Is that enough for you, Ben? That's enough. All right. And then number two, the knack is their famous my, 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 my Sharona. (laughs) (laughs) Other than the words, I can give you the beat for it. All right. So that's enough. All right. Okay. And I hope I'm right on this one. Thank you, NSYNC, if that's the case, because they did a cover of it. Just got paid Friday night. Something, something, feel all right. Okay, all that's right. enough. And we don't and know the mu- musical youth. We just don't know, so we don't have any. Yeah. Support. All right. So, um, John, do you want me to go ahead and sing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially the odd numbers, at least. Okay. So uh, for number two, the knack, we did have. My Sharona. So we got that. Okay. For <laughs> the the Starlight Vocal Band, Starland Vocal Band, we had um, I'd Give You the Moon, but I'm stuck with Uranus. <laughs> 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 oh my 
This question is so much better than I could ever hope <laughs> that it could be. <laughs> for, oh my god. For, <laughs> for musical youth, we had old, 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 old people. <laughs> and uh <laughs> 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 oh, 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 oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, we, we lost oh Ben. Oh, I feel like flashing my titties. If again. that wasn't a one hit wonder, oh it totally yeah. should be. Oh, that's so great. Okay, number four. Oh, number four. This was the biggest of the four hits. Oh, by I'm far not, i'm so not ready for this. oh my god oh no this was uh this was uh hold on i gotta figure i gotta remember the tune oh man oh that's right it's a uh, pie in the sky oh with frost <laughs> i'm giving bit of a heart attack over here oh god i need some more water so there we go do I get points for those? Uh, <laughs> you get an A for F. Creativity. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Let me... F- uh, I don't know, lost my answers and everything. All right. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So the first one was sky rockets in flight. Afternoon delight. Flight. Yeah, I wasn't getting the that. The second dude. one is my Sharona. Skip the third one for now. Number four, of course, was just got paid. It's Friday night. I've literally never heard of this song. You never heard Johnny Kent? Never in my life have I even become aware of oh, that tune. It is a terrific it's it's a club banger, man. All right, well there you go. <laughs> it's a terrific song. It and then is Musical a great Youth song. 1982, uh this was played this is on the soundtrack of The Wedding Singer. And this uh this song goes past the duchy on the left hand oh. side. Past the duchy. I thought that was Menudo. Uh, I have Musical Youth, 1982. I'm, I'm sure you're right. I just I thought I thought it was Menudo. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that was a hit, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's representing a popular movie. I'm going to qualify as a hit, and also go. based on this chart, how it charted in 1982 as well. There you go. Well, uh, to to be to be fair to us, John, mm-hmm. I it's not like we missed anything that I was going to get. Oh no, I don't feel bad about missing. I am any glad of those. we didn't try guessing. Yes. <laughs> So um, I have 15 for Kate and Matt and five for John and John. I only get five? You got my Sharona. Didn't I sing? You you sang. It just wasn't the right song. Well, damn it, Ben. I almost want to give you points for old people. That was so, that was so good. Oh, man. At the end of the midpoint, the score is 75 to 75. It's a tie game. Tie game. All right. That is the end of the first half. And before we go on to the second half of today's game, I want to tell you that today's show is sponsored by Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that includes everything you need to easily cook delicious meals that you can feel good about. What kind of meals am I talking about? All right, so that's the that's the tagline, right? That's the that's the thing I'm supposed to say. Now let me tell you something. I made the best freaking roasted balsamic chicken the other day. It was nuts. So you pan sear, you pan sear the chicken breasts, and so it was kind of like a the because you're searing it, it was kind of crusty on the outside, but it was juicy on the inside. Oh <laughs> yeah, folks, seriously. 
I felt like I was a chef. I was making such good food. So it has balsamic glaze on it. Uh, there was some zucchini with uh, a quote-unquote parmesan, which is actually made of cashews, which tasted great. Uh, and a tomato salad with vinaigrette uh, and carrots and celery and a dairy-free pesto. And guys, it was beautiful. Most importantly, it tasted great. And I mean great. And it was healthy. Green Chef just blows me away. Every time I get a box, the stuff that they're putting together, you know, it's handpicked for you and it's comes to your door, so it's really easy. You don't have to go grocery shopping or anything. And when I'm cooking it, like I said, I feel like a chef. I feel like a chef because I feel like it, you can only prepare this quality of food if you're a chef, right? And Green Chef, huh, funny in the name, they actually have chefs who are designing the recipes. And these things are like restaurant food, except you did it. You know, it's it's the flavors that I'm getting from this are really really top quality. If you've tried Green Chef or if you've tried their parent company, HelloFresh, you know that it's easier than doing everything yourself. You get pre-made sauces, you get the dressings, you get the spices, and you get all the stuff ready to go so that you can do more in less time. You get all that flavor in this great food, but you don't have to spend all night doing it. It's so good. <laughs> I hope you understand how happy I was with that meal. I mean, and so Green Chef, what makes them different is it's super easy to do specialty diets. So they have paleo plants. They have vegan. They have vegetarian, keto. They have gluten-free. Um, and then omnivore and carnivore are their other plans, right? And so they have all these different plans to meet different diets. And if you go check them out, I bet they have something right for you. So you can take advantage of our offer that lets Green Chef you know that you heard about them from us. You get $50 off your first box of Green Chef by going to greenchef.us forward slash TWA. That's right. You get $50 off your first box of Green Chef by going to greenchef.us forward slash TWA. Based on my experience, I don't think you're going to regret it. Give it a try. Greenchef.us forward slash TWA. All right. Your fourth round is brought to us by Cody Cooper. Thank you, Cody. Thank you. The first question is in television. Television ones. Te- oh, television ones. Yes, he I heard it over so there. Fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was very soft. Very soft. He's a TV whisperer. He is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own a horse. so There you go. Turn to Channel 4 TV. Turn to Channel 4. <laughs> All right. What was the name of Tim Allen's fictional TV show on his 90s sitcom, Home Improvement? We can lock that in. I'm sure you wrote the same thing I did. Yeah, we're locked in. Yeah, it right. might be a 3-2-1 or something. Oh, you want to 3-2-1 it? Yeah, that's... All right, 3-2-1. Tool, tool time. time. Tool time is correct. All right. Your second question is in literature. 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 this literary term is a technique of writing or art which principally ridicules its subject often as an intended means of provoking or preventing change humor is often used to aid this what term am i looking for that's what i got i don't yeah no that's it okay all right we're locked in i think satire that's what i wrote down too yeah that's the only thing that comes to mind for me 
the the only other thing I could think was parody, but well, that's satire. I think is the satire is more biting than parody. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I can go with satire. I'm good with that. Okay, locked in satire. All right. Uh, we also went with the unhappy tire. We said sad tire. <laughs> okay, we said satire. Unhappy. Oh, that's so bad. All right. Correct answer is satire. It was a sad, sad tire. This Here's is weird because again. everything I'm thinking, I feel like a few minutes later, Matt is actually verbalizing, and it is. It actually makes me impressed. As smart as he is, it makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> Jeez. Well, there you go. Your last question in the round is in medicine slash mythology. Morphine, a painkiller that is known for leaving patients in a numb, euphoric, painless state, gets its name from Morpheus, the Greek god of what? All right, we're going to lock in. Matt, it's either sleep or dreams. Sleep or what? I'm sorry. Dreams. Dreaming. I, I don't, I didn't know. I'm not up on my Greek gods. So that's not my group. One of my things, so I can do. I uh, what? I what do you think? I <laughs> I I lean more towards dream. Okay, if that's your inclination, I would say go with it. So okay, yeah. Uh, we'd like to lock in dreams. All right. Uh, so John, you actually said what I was thinking is there is a comic book character <laughs> named Morpheus who I think like walks in your dreams. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what his power is. I'll be honest, Chris is so good at trivia, but just like Chris. All of my knowledge comes from comic books or television. So, yeah. yeah. As soon as you wrote that, I'm like, oh, yeah, the comic book character. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, it. so we said dreams. All right. Uh, the Greek god Hypnos is actually the god of sleep. Morpheus is the god of dreams. Nice. Good job, guys. Good job, Kate. Nice job. So round yes. three was the hard round, apparently. Thank you. In round one, we were all perfect. In round two, we were all perfect. And in round four, we were all perfect. In round three, you guys didn't get any, and we missed two. (laughs) So round three was the hard one. Going into round five, the score is 105 for Matt and Kate to 105 for John and Jonathan. Oh, man. This means more anime questions should be coming up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Just don't ask any questions about cats, all right? It's apparent that Kate has an advantage there. Why? Do you, do you think I have an advantage there? I, I wonder. That cat looks like a close replica of Rambo, actually. Very similar. Hey, Kate, what is your cat's name? Which one? This is Opie. Oh. Opie. The other one's Andy. And <laughs> the, no. Or Garfield. The other one is Dodger. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay. Good names. And I have another one named Toothless, but he's not up here. Black cat? Yep. yep. Looks exactly like the dragon. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Minus the wings. <laughs> Your fourth round begins with a question in history. Fifth. Fifth round. Your fifth round begins with a question in history. Hithwee. <laughs> Hithwee. So, rest in peace, George Herbert Walker Bush. We just learned today that he has passed away. Amongst his many accomplishments, he was the only vice president in the 20th century to win a presidential election. Prior to Bush, who was the last vice president to accomplish that? I need more information. Do you mean they won an election and that was how they became president for the first time? Or does a vice president who came in by death and then won an election later, vice president won a presidential election while vice being vice president? Okay, thank you. That's a big difference. You're welcome. All right, we're going to lock in. 
I am fairly certain it's Martin Van, Van Buren. You, I had written that was the first name I wrote down. I actually did the trivia question doing one a couple months ago, and that was was the George W. Bush or H. W. Bush was the only vice president to win in the 20th century, and then went back to see what the other one was. And knowing my trivia group that I do, they weren't going to get Martin Van Buren, but I knew it was like it's that Van Buren, Fillmore, Tyler Polk era. But I'm pretty sure you're right with Martin Van Buren. Yeah, he was also the, uh, along with Bush, vice president who only served one term, didn't get reelected. Yep. So we would like to lock in with Van Buren. Okay, so there was a couple of factors that I was trying to take into account as we were talking about it. I believed that it had to be the same party twice in a row, right? And so that that was important. If you go back to the time between 1900 and 1860, you have a lot of generals. And so like um, Grant and Hayes and Garfield and Arthur and Harrison, they were all generals in the military. And I didn't believe a general in the military was going to serve as vice president for anybody. And so I eschewed all of them. Going back before that, Before Lincoln, you had a lot of one-term presidents that were not beloved or well-recognized. So you had your, well, you had Taylor who died and Fillmore who took over. And you had Polk who left after one term. And I know he wasn't a vice president. And you had Buchanan. And because they were one term, that told me that it didn't feel like a president who was beloved and then his vice president got a chance to go in after him, right? And so I got back past uh, before Polk was Tyler and Tyler came in through death for Harrison and then Harrison was nine. So I had all the way back to the last one that I could think of that was actually a vice president who became president through an election. And that was Martin Van Buren. So that's how I backed all the way down to Martin Van Buren. Correct answer is Martin Van Buren. Good job, Jonathan. Man. Wow. Well done. It's good stuff. Good that stuff. was that was tough to come up with, dude. That was <laughs> tough. I worked hard for that question. I had to apply like four or five different types of logic to get there. Yeah, you was working <laughs> on that railroad all the live long day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Your second question in the round comes to us from Michael Scuba. Thank you, Michael. And Thank your you, category Michael. is sport ball. All right. Let's hope I don't have to work so hard this time. Sport. Sport ball. As of 2016, the world championship for this sport is held every November in Delaware. The objective is to use mechanical devices such as slingshots, trebuchets, and catapults to hurl gourds as far as possible. Name the sport. Hey, we're locked in. All right. I wasn't aware it was an official sport, but pumpkin tossing? Yeah, I think so too. Throwing gourds, pumpkin tossing, pumpkin throwing, but pumpkin tossing yeah we can lock in with that we're gonna lock in with pumpkin tossing or pumpkin throwing so we uh we thought november made this interesting a gourd a pumpkin is a type of gourd november means halloween's over and you got a lot of leftover pumpkins so we said pumpkin chucking all right your correct answer is pumpkin chunking is actually actually known as the pumpkin chunking i would give both teams credit for that all right i was well i was Thank debating you. between you. chunking and chucking i wasn't sure which one was the right terminology yeah, so the the wording that i gave for the question i'm going to accept both answers because i was not your answer was correct based on what i asked yeah what is chunking though chunking is like 
So it's it's and when you look this in Wikipedia, this actual sport, it ex- it names it pumpkin chunking or pumpkin chunking or pumpkin chucking. It is like they're all interchangeable terms. Okay. Um, I did not ask for the specific term. I just asked for what the sport is, and this is definitely a pumpkin. A pumpkin tossing is an, yeah, is no, an acceptable I wasn't, I wasn't worried about based that. on what I asked. So. No, yeah. we're just wondering what is chunking mean. I get a chuck, mean? like chucking. It's it's, it's like a it is a way of making chucking rhyme with pumpkin. Pumpkin okay. chucking. Oh, I got you. Okay. It, it's a Delaware thing, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, Delaware. I'm from Hufflepuff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's one of those, it's one of those Appalachian things, man. You got you got to ask like those Appalachian folks about that. Appalachian, that Delaware is not in the Appalachians. It's it's near. It's close. No, it's close. No, no. See how I'm doing? Hey, my ain't in there. It's doing. Yeah, Maryland's doing my... close. Delaware's on the other side. It, it's within 500 miles. That's <laughs> <laughs> Florida. That's close to me. It's not within 500 miles of. Well, it might be within 500 miles. Of Florida. Apparently, according to Ben, Florida is an Appalachian state. Yep. <laughs> Because hey, we're we're about five hundred miles away from, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, your last question around is in science. Science, science. Nice. Thank you. I've been practicing. Right. <laughs> He's been practicing. There you go. Yep, I like it. All right. So just after Thanksgiving this year, just a few days ago, NASA confirmed the successful touchdown of its Mars lander. Named what? You're gonna ask the space guy. <laughs> you all, you do this every game. Well, you're <laughs> the one who asks the I questions. I don't know who's gonna be on the show beforehand. I. Oh man, Ben. If the next question is about oxygen, I know for a fact that Kate <laughs> breathes oxygen. You're gonna ask an oxygen breather. I feel much better because you know when you listen to the show, Jonathan says we're locked in like almost immediately. That's the magic of editing. I know. Nobody wants to listen to a three and a half hour show. Feel better anyway. (laughs) There's a reason why we record shows three hours apart. (laughs) Are we? It took us five hours to record the baseball show. That was crazy. It was back and forth for six people. All right, we're locked in. I remember seeing an article about this and i believe it it was called insight that works i truly know we landed something on mars i watched <laughs> it get launched and i can't tell you what the name of it is um because i don't get read into that stuff till later this week so um <laughs> so I, i'll go with insight that that works for me because i i know we landed on mars i watched a lot of it but i don't remember seeing a name so all right we'd like to lock in insight it was close to what I was coming up with. So, so we didn't know. We've both read articles, but neither one of us have read them closely enough to pay attention. I wrote down imagination. And so that was the best I could come up with. So we locked in with imagination. If she's right, you are so close, though. Good job. Not so good job. I could have gotten it right if I just... If this was horseshoes, we'd be doing all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the correct answer is insight. Ah, yes. Nice Thank you, thank you. Great job, Kate. Random access memory. At the end of the fifth round, Kate and Matt have 135. Jonathan and John have 125. Mm, Separation. All right, here's your sixth round. Your first category is, it must be the shoes. 
Otis Davis, University of Oregon track star and 1960 Olympic gold medalist, was the first person to wear shoes made by Bill Bowerman, who was the co-founder of what shoe company? And that was University of Oregon, right? University of Oregon. Okay, thanks. All right, we're locked in. University of Oregon, Nike. Easily, yeah. I mean, I think... you know, unless they're trying to mislead you, but the question, because he's a co-founder, obviously the main founder of Nike's Phil Knight. Yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, that's the only thing. I mean, other than they're trying to throw us off maybe, but Nike's the obvious answer with the University of Oregon. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, let's go with uh, Nike. We'll lock it in. All right. Out of curiosity, what about the University of Oregon? University of Oregon makes Nike obvious. I just knew that that was where they started it. Yeah, oh. Phil Knight, Prefontaine's out of Oregon. If you remember Steve Prefontaine, one of their first big guys, the the runner. Phil Knight's synonymous with the University of Oregon. Is Nike. he really? Yeah. Yep. We didn't look know. at all their uniforms. Yeah. We didn't know any of that. No. We had Nike, Converse, and Reebok written down. We were worried about Re- a Converse because that's around the time when they got to be a little bit popular. And but the way the question was written with the co-founder being somebody that we had never heard of made us think that the founder would be somebody that we were very familiar with. And with that in mind and knowing that Nike had started as like blue ribbon sports or whatever they started as that they weren't an older company that they had started around that time, that kind of took me to Nike and John was on the same page. And so we said, Nike. All right. Yep. The big clue is Oregon there. Uh, Co-founder was Bill Borman and Phil Knight. You're looking for Nike. Nice job, Jonathan. You're the one who remembered Phil Knight. So, Yeah. Oregon football team was the first ones to have all those funky color uniforms and stuff like that. Oh. Yep. Phil Knight's a big booster there. He has a lot. His fingers are in Oregon athletics. Huge. No idea. I had no, none of that. I knew about the color. Honestly, I thought that was because of a a kid of his that went there or something. I didn't realize how long it gone back. Wow. Yeah. He, he was a student and I think he was on the track team at Oregon. If I'm not mistaken. He went there. And he came up with the waffle bottom. Oh, so you could eat after you ran. (laughs) (laughs) I love that idea. Can you put buttercream on it? <laughs> oh would you stop it with the buttercream? It would taste better with the buttercream. For sure. God, do we need to get dinner after this? Are you okay? <laughs> All right. Your second question of the round is in catchphrases. All right. Science. <laughs> it fits. It does. Nike's catchphrase, just do it was inspired by the phrase, let's do it, the last words of murderer Gary Gilmore. In 1977, Gilmore was the first American in nearly 10 years to do what? All right, we're locked in. All right. Funny thing is, one of my weird subjects that I like is criminals. Oh, boy. I don't know why. Uh, But he said that right before he was executed by firing squad, he was the first one to be executed after they brought it back as being constitutional. Yep, that's right. So we'll lock in yep. to be executed. All right. Uh, I think you want to be more specific with your locked-in answer then. Yeah. We're going to lock in to be executed by firing squad. The reason I say you should be more specific is that we said be executed by the electric chair. 
or to die in the electric chair. Oh, okay. Hmm. That puts me in a quandary here. So the answer I'm looking for is to be executed, period. He was the first person in the 10 years to be executed. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, um, it was eradicated due to a series of uh, Supreme court rulings. And then they reinstated it in the seventies. So he was the first person to be executed. You both said, I mean, you said executed, so we'll, we'll give you credit. Because sure? I, I wasn't yeah, looking for you to be more specific than that. All right. He didn't ask how, so yeah. That's we're fine. Gonna, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept both answers. All right, there you go. Before you go any further, can we find out any more of Kate's, you know, hobbies or anything? <laughs> ben. Jeez, Ben. <laughs> hey, man. He told you she breathes oxygen. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right, your last question before the final question is in legal terms. Lawyer. <laughs> she used to be a lawyer, Ben. I did not I do not know the occupations of these people beforehand, okay? <laughs> do you need me to get less smart people on the show so that no. you don't hit them with questions? No. no. Just hey, whatever. Every time I bring <laughs> smart people on, you feed this them questions. Shows, this that just shows the diversity of my questions. I have ranged as far and wide. I even <laughs> asked a space guy a space question, he didn't know the answer. So you can't blame me for that. Okay. Sure we landed on the <laughs> Don't tell me what I can blame you for. <laughs> I reject your blame with my wall of happiness. I'm hoping one of her cats eats one of her lines and she gets disconnected momentarily. <laughs> she, the cat is going to eat her Wi-Fi. Yes. Right. If it has that cream cheese trying. on it. All right. Gary Gilmore insisted upon being executed, although his mother appealed in federal court for a stay of execution. Her appeal was based on a centuries-old prerogative writ, W-R-I-T, to review the legality of imprisonment, which is better known by what two-word Latin phrase? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking I for a two-word Latin phrase. All right, we're locked in. If it's not this, I'm going to be very upset at myself. It's a writ of habeas corpus. That's the only term I knew, <laughs> something like that, so I'm good with that. All right, From your, lock that I'll in. Def- I'll defer to the legal. <laughs> Defer to my counsel. <laughs> All right. We uh, we can only come up with one two-word Latin phrase, and that was habeas corpus. And when he says we, he means Jonathan and his backside. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan and his <laughs> came up with habeas. Okay. All right. So this translates to something like to have the body. It is habeas yep. corpus. Good job. Crazy. Crazy. It's crazy we could get this many right and still be losing. the only round where anybody missed any questions was the third round and the midpoint no that's not true we missed one in the fifth round never mind never mind john you and i have 155 great job matt you and kate have 165 it is 165 to 155 and we're gonna have a gauntlet in the category of what radicals Radicals. Radicals. Is that a lowercase r or an uppercase r? <laughs> Radicals. All right. <laughs> All right. Are we just locked in? We're locked in. All right. Here is your first question in radicals. In mathematics, the radical sign is used to notate what operation? We're locked in. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, uh, yep. Okay. Like multiplication? <laughs> I don't, you know. We discussed this earlier in the, tr- 
the game. This is the yeah. rebellion symbol. So it's damn radicals. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sign for the numbers to revolt. I'm a fan of new radicals, not old radicals. So Yeah, get what you give. Mm-hmm. That's right. Why couldn't we get that yeah. one-hit wonder, uh, that, Ben? We're not, we're not done yet. I guess I just threw that out there. It still could be on there. Oh, great. Everybody stop talking about radicals. <laughs> we're locked in. All right. Your second question. Free radicals are unstable molecules that could potentially cause cell damage in the body. To combat these, nutritionists recommend foods like tomatoes, broccoli, and green tea, which are rich in what type of molecules? We agree. We're locked in. Okay. We're locked in. Here's your last question in radicals. This American radical was the first black person to receive a Ph.D. from Harvard and founded the NAACP. Name him. All right, we're locked in. Locked in. In mathematics, the radical sign is used to notate what operation? What did you guys think? We said multiplication. Okay. When we were talking earlier, the word you were looking for was factorial. Ah. That was the that was the sequential multiplication that you were talking about. But a radical sign is the uh, the square root sign. So we said square root. All right. Second question. Free radicals, unstable molecules that cause cell damage. To combat this, nutritionists recommend foods like tomatoes, broccoli, and green tea, which are rich in what type of molecules? Uh, we said they're rich in antioxidants. We also said antioxidants. All right. And your last question. This American radical was the first black person to receive a PhD from Harvard and founded the NAACP. So we really went back and forth here. I wrote down Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois. And I'll du Bois. be honest, I first thought of Booker T. Washington, but then when he wrote the other one, who was very concentrated on education, uh, it was a tough call, but we went with Du Bois. Yeah, we went with with Du Bois. Uh, ben, you've talked about the the differences between them mm-hmm. uh, like a year or two ago, and I went to the... Um, the African-American history Smithsonian museum when I was in Washington okay. earlier this year. And so I read a little bit more about him. And so the focus of Dubois or Du Bois on education versus on skilled labor um, made me think that he would be the more likely to have graduated from Harvard. And so that was the deciding factor on my end. Uh, and go ahead, Matt. Uh, we also said uh, Du Bois, Dubois as well. All right, so uh, we're going to go in reverse order. Uh, so the founder of the NAACP, the first uh, black person to receive a PhD from Harvard, is indeed W.E.B. Du Bois. Oh. Uh, nutritionists recommend foods like tomatoes, broccoli, and green tea because they are rich in antioxidants. And the radical sign is used to perform the square root operation. So Nice. Big, big, mm. big get there, math. guys. I knew math would be my downfall. Oh, my math skills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jonathan gets the question right based on his math skills. That's uh, it's impressive. All right. So the wagers. Uh, guys, what did you wager? We went with zero. We zero. put the onus on you to answer all three of them correctly as you did. So nice job. All right. So you're going to finish with 165, a fantastic score by any stretch of the imagination. Yes. We decided this was a go big or go home moment, and we bet 150. 
So our correct answers Ouch. are going to get us an extra 150 points to finish with 305 to 165. John, wow. good job, nice. my friend. Thank you. Great job, guys. Good well job. Well Thank you, guys. Good. I have never lost on this show before, and you guys were a tough team. Thank you so much. <laughs> he's, been on, <laughs> he's been on one show, and he teamed with Chris on the comic book episode back in the but 20s. But we won. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes you it makes you feel. But I'm one. I'm one in three now. So it's <laughs> yeah. But you faced Andy Saunders on baseball. Oh, this I did. Is, yeah, you've lost to me more oh, than wow. once now, huh? Oh, how's that feel? Yeah, <laughs> and you and I lost with Keenan and Kel. The the uh, Keenan and Kel. Keenan and Kel. Not, not Keenan from Good Burger. Uh, <laughs> it was not Kel Keenan and, and Kel. Well, we might as well have lost that one. Too. But the uh, oh, who, who the guys that did uh, Key and Peel. Oh, I'm not knowing which one was Jordan. Yes, you're we had right. that one. We had wiped that one out and we lost <sighs> just right at the end there. That sucked. Get uh, out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you guys have time to stick around while we read a couple of reviews? Sure. Yes. I was Sweet. I was the only one who got that joke, but it's OK. I still got it. No, I got the joke. You just laugh. It wasn't that funny. Oh. <laughs> he hates movies. Burn. All right. That's why we keep aloe vera up here next to the jar of nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This uh, first review is by Swing and a Arcia. Okay. And he says, I spend a lot of time in my truck having a job in agriculture and one hour commute each way. I've listened to plenty of podcasts. This is the only one I've found that I get completely immersed in. Chris and Jonathan are funny, witty, and can even sing well on occasion. A rare, a rare occasion. But I digress. I a I sang old people like a boss today. <laughs> you did. Uh, great questions. Great fun. Great podcast. If I could give this six stars, I would. Thank you so much. Thanks. And there's a radical exclamation mark at the end of that. <laughs> uh, the next one, I can't. Can you read that, John? Petro. Petronosia. Okay. The next review is by Petronosia. It says more than just a show. Trivial Warfare stands on its own as a great show. The questions are good, the competition is fierce, and the conversation is lively and entertaining. The regular guests are funny and lend an atmosphere of community to each episode. It's that community that makes this show so special. The Army is a great group to be a part of for any trivia enthusiast. Keep up the great work. Hashtag Team Carmella. Thank you so much for that review. Okay, so... Matt and Kate, this is the time in the show where we like to let people do shout outs or to uh, promote a cause that they're interested in. So Matt, we will start with you. I don't have a shout out or a cause really. It's, it's like I said, I always just enjoy being on the show. I think give a shout out to the show. The, the Facebook page is always awesome. I love reading the trivia. It's become a source for me when I write my trivia as well. So it's been good. The community is amazing. Just keep that up, man. That's great. That's what I love about what we do here and being a part of that. And that's for you guys who don't know what he's talking about. That is Trivial Warfare Army on Facebook. All right, Kate, your turn. I'd like to give a shout out to the Trivial Warfare Army as well. I love the group. They're great. Great bunch of people. And definitely join if you can. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much. I love it when our shout outs are about us. That's that's the best. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that feels good. All right. Well, that is going to wrap us up. Uh, well, John. You're, oh. you're a guest technically too, so your turn. <laughs> I'll be honest, like you said, I do Spartan race and do a lot of things that are for my own personal enjoyment, but there is one thing I do every year since it started, 
this will be the 11th year, 11 years ago. It's the um, fight for air climb in Jacksonville in the Bank of America Tower. It's for the American Lung Association. And I personally do that because my dad has emphysema, has had a double lung transplant. He's, uh, far as I know, the only survivor in Texas to have had that so far. Wow. My godmother has emphysema. My father-in-law has COPD. And one of my biggest fears is just the basic of not being able to breathe. I've never smoked in my life or any of that kind of stuff, but it involves a lot of different things and I really support that cause. And so if you're interested, look into it, the American Lung Association, or if you're so inclined, I do have a page out there for the climb. I try to raise money for it. So please, if you feel about the cause, you want to learn more about it, it's the fight for air climb. I love it. It's climbing up uh, the stairs. It was 42 flights for the first 10 years. This year, it'll be 35 flights. It used to be 838 steps. I did it as quickly as I could and uh, I do it for people who can't. It would take me, you do it for me, because it would take me weeks to get up 40 flights. You'd be surprised. The first time no, I, I, wouldn't. I, w- I didn't want to do it, my father-in-law was like, hey, you want to, I'm like, no, I have bad knees. I was medically discharged from the Navy. He goes, oh, I'm 65, but okay. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's such a gentleman, but man, he can burn. So I, I tried it and you'd be surprised what you can do when you put your mind to it. After a few weeks, it is amazing. And I do it in less than 10 minutes, so... What? Yeah, wow. you'd be surprised at the people who do it of all different ages. I mean, the, my father-in-law, only reason he doesn't come in first every year is because there's other guys in their 70s and 80s doing it, and they're amazing people. I love them. So if you get a chance and you're in Jacksonville, wow. Wow. either participate. If you have any questions, let me know. What's but the page? My personal page is http colon backslash backslash actionlung.org forward slash John Finn. J-O-H-N-F-I-N-N. Yep, like Huckleberry Finn. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. So that is going to wrap us up for John, for Kate, for Matt, and for Ben. I'm Jonathan, and this has been another episode of Trivial Warfare, where it's not just trivia, it's war. Bye, guys. Slauncha. See you. Thank you for listening to Trivial Warfare. To learn more about the show and become a warhead yourself, visit TrivialWarfare.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any other good podcast app. And find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Trivial Warfare. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. If you need help with your podcast, find it at propodcastingservices.com. Jonathan's skill set of pulling things out of your rumpus. My rumpus? Rumpus. (laughs) That's a new word for it.